0: and welcome to this week's Arab Digest podcast. I'm William Law, and my guest today is Arij al-Sadhan. Arij has campaigned on behalf of her brother, Abdurrahman, a humanitarian aid worker who was arrested at his Red Crescent office in Riyadh in March 2018. Five years since he was taken, and in that time, Arij has fought tirelessly to secure his release. Arij, thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Bill. It's always a pleasure to uh, speak to you again.
0: Yeah, we last spoke with you a little less than a year ago, and your brother Abdurrahman had been sentenced to 20 years in prison, followed by a 20-year travel ban for tweets that were critical of the regime of Mohammed bin Salman. Mm-hmm. What is the situation today, and have you had any word from him since we last talked?
1: So, yeah, the situation today is that my brother continued to be forcibly disappeared. Uh, We weren't able to communicate with him. He wasn't allowed any sort of communication with his family at all. Uh, No phone calls are allowed. No visits are allowed. And he's basically just completely disappeared. We're not able to get any information on his whereabouts, his condition, his health if he still kept in the same prison if he still in, in solitary confinement last we know he was kept in solitary confinement for years before he was brought to court so yeah he was he was uh, disappeared for 3 years before uh, Saudi Arabia decided to bring him to a sham trial and sentence him to 20 years imprisonment followed by 20 years travel ban actually just 2 years ago on this in this month so unfortunately, the human right abuses are continuing. And at that time, it was just shocking to have such a lengthy sentence um, over basically exercising your right to free speech um, and, ex- you know, just expressing your opinions in an anonymous Twitter account. Unfortunately, two years later now, we see that, you know, trend is even increasing. We're seeing more activists being sentenced for absurd and lengthy, you know, crazy number of years, like 30 years and even 40 years Um, back then, 20 years was just crazy. And it's still, of course, crazy. It's unjust and it's not fair. And it's just, you know, um, not right at all.
0: You know, that silence, it must be just so extraordinarily difficult for you, for your family. It's a a very cruel thing that the uh, Saudi regime is doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and unfortunately, because there isn't any consequences to these human rights abuses, um, the the regime is continuing to increase and start even to uh, target activists abroad in in other countries. International repression is increasing. People are living under risk the whole time of being kidnapped, disappeared, even murdered. So unfortunately, yeah, the abuses have been worse than any time before. And it's continuing to worsen every single day as we're speaking. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, the Saudis claim that theirs is an independent judiciary. No objective observer believes that. But can you tell our listeners how much of the judiciary is under the control of Mohammed bin Salman?
1: It's under the control of uh, Mohammed bin Salman, 100%. Uh, Obviously, there is no independent justice system in Saudi Arabia. Uh, All the orders comes directly from the royal court and from uh, the crown prince himself. So when my brother was sentenced on April 5th, uh, just two years ago, uh, when the judges issued the uh, like the sentencing, they were actually asked by the public prosecutors to rewrite the sentencing because they didn't like uh, they received orders. That they didn't like what the judges had issued. So they've asked the lawyer, which was actually not an independent lawyer, was assigned by the court itself. And they asked my father at back at that time to leave the court and come back in two hours because the judge needed to rewrite the sentence. That was just before, you know, um, they uh, announced the 20 years imprisonment followed by 20 years travel ban. So it was clearly it's nothing but a play and a stage like to to uh, intimidate people to be to silence and to basically show that they don't care about any laws, any human rights they want to silence free speech, they want to silence any sort of criticism uh, in any possible way. So that by itself just shows you that the justice system in Saudi Arabia is not independent. Actually, there is no real even justice system. The laws, even the Saudi laws themselves, they're not being respected, they're not being applied. At least back then, before MBS, There was some sort of respect to the Saudi laws. There is more like there is avenues to like doors to to communicate with uh, people, um, with officials. But right now all the doors are completely closed. Families trying desperately to reach out to the officials to hear anything about their loved ones. Um, Another case, like, for example, uh, Dr. Mohammed Gahtani, he actually served his 10-year sentence for for being a co-finder for Hassem, which is a political human rights group. And to this day, he was supposed to be released. And instead, he was uh, put under enforced disappearance. And the family desperately trying to reach out to get any information about uh, their father. And they are actually citizens, American citizens. And yet, they are not able to speak or find any information about their father. Very similar situation with what's going on with my family. We've been suffering for years trying to reach out to the Saudi officials to get any information about my brother, to get to communicate with my brother. My mom hasn't heard my brother's voice in more than five years now. She hasn't been able to see him or even hear his voice. completely. We're completely deprived from any communication with my brother. And on top of all of that, we know about the torture, that my brother was brutally tortured He was kept in solitary confinement for years, and we're just worried every day about his, you know, his health, his, um, you know, physical and mental condition, because these are very inhumane situation and inhumane treatment. No one accept that. And definitely there is no even crime that, you know, would accept this level of inhumanity. So unfortunately, yeah, the situation is just worsening every day. And to this day, we still have no, no communication at all with my brother.
0: The, you make the point, you make well about the extent to which Mohammed bin Salman controls the judiciary. And I mean, just recently, there were judges, I believe it was 10 judges who were arrested, some of them who had carried out to the letter what Mohammed bin Salman had asked them to do and yet they themselves are now in prison.
1: Yes, absolutely. And yeah, thank you for mentioning that. In fact, the three of those judges who are imprisoned, they are the same three judges who sentenced my brother to 20 years imprisonment. Uh, Three of them are are also the same as the ones who who also tried and charged the prominent women rights activist Lujain al-Hadul, and several other women activists. So um yeah they are the same judges who actually sentenced my brother are currently in prison and they are facing the the death penalty uh, for being traitors and um we're not sh- really sure it probably they're being you know uh, punished for not giving harsher sentences to the activists but anyways that just shows you that the justice system is completely not independent and uh, the The laws are not respected, whether international human rights laws or the Saudi laws, it's laws itself. And the lawyers or judges, whoever works in the justice system in Saudi Arabia, they they don't they can't make decisions by their own. That all the orders comes directly and has to be you know if they want to decide anything, it has to be approved by the royal court itself. Um, so unfortunately, as you can see, there is no independent justice system. In Saudi Arabia, even the judges obviously are being imprisoned, and instead of dropping the charges against all the um, innocent activists who have been suffering to this day in prison or tr- suffering from you know uh, being under travel ban like the women rights activists, they are still you know uh, suffering the consequences of what these judges have uh, issued against them. Um, so that clearly shows that there is no really independent justice system. And there is no fairness whatsoever.
0: And your family, you've mentioned that you have tried to get information from the Saudi authorities. What do they say? What sort of information are you getting? Do they give you anything at all?
1: Uh, Nothing at all. So all our requests to um, communicate with my brother, to request phone calls or visits are being either denied or ignored. My um, family member in Saudi Arabia have tried numerous times to um, have a phone call or a visit with my brother, and all the requests have been ignored or denied. Even after, like during and after the the uh, sham trial, uh, the court itself have justified denying, you know, uh, or putting my brother under enforced disappearance, uh, saying it's probably because of Corona. Although. You know, phone calls doesn't have to like. Why would you prevent someone from having a phone call? Obviously, you're not being in the same room, so it just doesn't even make sense. The justification of of these abuses by even the judges themselves justifying the abuses. So yeah, unfortunately, you know, there's it's complete silence where all our requests, all our efforts to try to reach out to the Saudi government by faxes, phones, letters all faced with it, either denying the request or just ignoring us completely as we don't exist the family is, itself doesn't have any rights anymore they're just they will just ignore you completely as if you don't exist and your family member doesn't exist anymore
0: mm. and uh, the the nature of al-Rahman's tweets he was convicted uh, under a counter terrorism law with these vague trumped up charges he's not a terrorist Uh, You've mentioned this already. Other critics have been given even longer sentences. One woman to 45 years in prison for allegedly damaging the country. That That was the way it was phrased through her social media activity. And another woman, a Saudi doctoral student at Leeds University here in the United Kingdom, was sentenced to 34 years for spreading, quote, rumors and retweeting dissidents. And she was arrested when she went back to visit her family. What is it about Mohammed bin Salman? that he fears so much that he's ordering the courts to punish people in this way.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the conference is uh, obviously thin-skinned. He cannot handle any sort of criticism at all. And if that's anything, it's a sign of you know intolerance and weakness having to not be able to handle criticism um, which is the opposite of what he's trying to promote that he's trying to promote um, reform and uh, trying to you know improve the lives of the Saudis how can you promote reform and improving the lives of any citizens if you can't even hear criticism if you can't even handle criticism so unfortunately yeah the crown prince have no tolerance or no uh, basically, no understanding what criticism uh, means, or the value of you know having actually people voice their opinions to contribute and reform and take part in in reform itself. So yeah, unfortunately, as you can see, the lengthy sentences against anyone who dares to tweet, to speak their opinion, to support other, like even to to uh, condemn human rights abuses or defend other uh, human rights activists who have been imprisoned Any tweet at all, if you're like supporting, uh, retweeting someone else can also land you in prison. This is the level of repression that we've reached today under the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. And like before, before Mohammed bin Salman, there was a little bit of room for, for free speech. It was very limited, but still it was, you know, people had a room to breathe a little bit. But today it's completely, you know, it's completely shut down so people cannot even express any sort of opinion or even just to complain about a situation, for example, complain about um, unemployment or uh, poverty or any like issues that concerns the citizens. And it's it's a healthy thing that citizens should be speaking about these things, but not not under MBS. Under MBS people have to be completely silent. And if anything, they should praise MPS and praise his vision, whether it's, it's right or wrong, and they should not have any uh, personal opinions or any different opinions than what, what he wants.
0: I mean, so it really, it's a piece by piece. He's built this kingdom of fear, hasn't he, Arish?
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This is what, what we have today It's a kingdom of fear. It's basically a, a kingdom of chaos. So, for people who don't speak or, or like not involved in the social media, they, they would be under, if anyone get in any, any problem, even like running a business, for example, there's no real law to go to or like real court to go to, to defend yourself or to have independent, you know, lawyers or independent um, judges who can support you or make sure that you get your, your um, fairness in, in your case. And it's completely, um, like you described it, kingdom—it's turning into a kingdom of fear.
0: And you make the point that people cannot criticize; they cannot speak out, and uh, you know things that would actually be useful to the the uh, program reform. Uh, people are silenced. But let let me ask you this: uh, You and your mother are American citizens. Abdul Rahman is not, although he was a U.S. resident and a graduate of a California university. Is the Biden administration doing enough? advocate for your brother?
1: Unfortunately, not. Uh, The Biden administration, even though uh, President Biden have mentioned during his presidential campaign that he is going to make human rights a priority, and he is going to make sure that Saudi Arabia respects human rights and so forth. But unfortunately, that didn't happen yet. And even though we tried many times to reach out to uh, like the White House and to um, President Biden but our cases still are not being highlighted or not there is no real you know action to be taken although all it takes you know a word from the White House or from President Biden like we've seen with other cases uh, for example, a prominent woman a human rights activist, Lujain al once uh, her name was mentioned by the White House, she was released, even though still under trouble ban, so she's not completely free, so it's just to make sure that it's clear. Um, uh, recently, another case of an American citizen, Saad al Mahdi, was also released after the White House have mentioned his name, or you know publicly mentioned his case. So um, the, the Biden administration can do a lot more, but unfortunately the human rights cases, a lot of our cases are being kind of like the 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 president and the you know the White House are kind of like shying away from pressing more on human rights cases and human rights issues with Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah, and uh, here in the UK, our Home Secretary um, just very recently met with the Saudi Interior Minister, and uh, she tweeted that it was an honor to welcome him and to um, I'm quoting here further strengthen our strategic partnership with the Kingdom. The people in charge of our liberal democracies seem to have forgotten all about human rights when it comes to these dictatorships in the Gulf and the wider Middle East. What do you think that says about our democracies?
1: Honestly, it's such a shame that democratic values and human rights values are put aside when dealing with dictators and human rights abusers. Not only that, the, the level of sport washing that is happening right now, since you mentioned the UK and, you know, being accepted even by the UK leaders, it's really uh, it says a lot. And, uh, you know, about how democratic countries that are supposed to respect these democratic you know values are today, they are. Do they mean anything, honestly? I mean, if we're, if we're just accepting dictators even to, you know, basically control uh, football clubs that are part of the UK and, you know, uh, a part of the democratic world and say nothing about the human rights abuses, it's, it's not right. I mean, we are forgetting about our dem- democratic values and forgetting about our values that we really... Um, hold dear, you know, in protecting human rights in in our countries, in these countries, in, in the West. So if we allow dictators to just easily whitewash these abuses using our our football clubs, using, you know, our platforms, you know, the, the um, uh, social media platforms that have been created and built in the West to silence people, to hide the abuses, to cover these abuses and show a fake image of promoting reforms, it, it, it's just not right. And, you know, um, we have a responsibility to speak up against this and to, you know, condemn these abuses whenever, whenever there is a chance to speak out against these abuses and not accept to just to shake hand with the dictators who abuse human rights on a very, very high level. It's not just like some simple occasional human right abuses. These are abuses on a very very unacceptable level and it's happening on daily basis against citizens and even residents of the UK, residents of of the United States and European countries. So um, these are good people that can contribute to to, uh, to their country and to these countries. And yet they are suffering so much. My brother is a humanitarian aid worker and he's a graduate of uh, with a business degree from the United States. And yet he had big dreams to pursue his career. And, you know, right now it's been more than five years. We don't know what happened to him. All these, you know, dreams and ambitions and his years and life is being wasted. And besides all the suffering that we are going through as a family, So unfortunately, there is a huge responsibility, at least from um, democratic countries and democratic leaders, to condemn these abuses, to put our democracy and human rights first when communicating with with dictators. Uh, But that's not happening in the real world.
0: Yeah, of course, it's Newcastle United that, uh, well, Mohammed bin Salman used the PIF, the public investment fund, to purchase uh, that that football club and is pouring uh, lots of money into it. Um, he is opening up the kingdom, encouraging tourism, curtailing the religious police, claiming to empower women by bringing them into the workforce. What would you say, Ari, to someone who says, you know, Saudi Arabia is a moderate and modern state under its leadership, so why not visit the kingdom as a tourist? Why not invest in it as a business person what would you say to to that
1: yeah so um of course this is all part of the whitewashing of the abuses to promote a different image or uh, against what's really going on inside the kingdom um so first of all it's not safe to visit saudi arabia why because there's no independent justice system there is no real laws to protect human rights or to protect visitors or citizens or residents of the country. So um, there have been a lot of cases where uh, tourists have visited Saudi Arabia and they ended up being imprisoned and tortured and disappeared. And uh, there are some documented cases, for example, with the Freedom Initiative that covers some of these cases. There are a lot of cases that didn't go public, but unfortunately these cases do happen. So there is a huge risk and, you know, it's not safe to visit Saudi Arabia while there is no real laws to protect human rights, and there is no real laws just to protect, you know, um, humans in general. So. Um, and that's of course what they're trying to promote. That you know they want to attract tourism, they want to attract visitors, they want to show a different image than what is really going on. But unfortunately, under the current uh, situation, if the Saudi uh, you know regime finds that this person or even as a visitor have tweeted in the past or have posted something in the past, or even if it was deleted, they use surveillance uh, tools to to track people and to track what they say online and so forth. They they could just throw that person in prison and there's no way to try to help that person because there's no real lot to, to help. So um, is it safe to visit Saudi Arabia? It is not safe to visit, to visit Saudi Arabia under the current situation. And in terms of promoting freedom for women and um you know uh, and so forth all of this is just again for whitewashing so when uh, when women were allowed to to drive finally in saudi arabia the same women who actually campaigned for driving they peacefully campaigned for driving for years they were thrown in prison tortured sexually harassed and have suffered unbelievable level of abuse on the orders of the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman himself. So how is he supporting women's rights when he's actually allowing women to be tortured, to be sexually harassed, to be imprisoned? And um, and this is didn't stop until today. We have a lot of women who are thrown in prison, like you just mentioned earlier, Salma Shihab and uh, Al Qahtani, who've been sentenced to a crazy absurd, unbelievable number of years. And on top of that, they are mistreated in prison. As we speaking right now, these women are on hunger strike. Since uh, the month of Ramadan have started, they've been on hunger strike to protest the awful, horrible situation they are in. So Mm -hmm. all these prisoners of conscience and, and people who just simply are imprisoned for tweets or opinions or just to You know, expressing their thoughts or uh, their, you know, uh, opinions online, they are suffering horrendously under the current regime. So we can't call this reform and we can't call this, uh, you know, modernizing the country. This is the opposite. This is more of a barbaric Kind of like situation going on where there's no real laws to protect these innocent people who are who are wasting you know their lives behind prison and not just that they are suffering seriously suffering on daily basis as we're speaking from um, physical and you know psychological torture depriving them of their rights even just to simply communicate with their loved ones and not just the the people who are being, being imprisoned but also their families. So that's not modern and that's not, you know, uh, civilized at all.
0: But what would you say, Areej, to, you know, a businessman who says, well, look, uh, I'm going to invest in uh, one of these big giga projects that Mohammed bin mm-hmm. Salman has got, has got going on, the Red Sea uh, ultra luxury tourism uh, project or uh, the entertainment city or Neom. I mean, what would you say to a business person who says, I, you know what, I'm going to invest?
1: I would say be careful. There have been several cases and several actually and um, uh, stories that came in the news uh, from investors and, for example, Neom, who had to quit and uh, stop working on these projects because they've lost a lot of money and they went through uh, or like they faced a lot of issues running their businesses. So it is a very risky business. To, to actually be involved since there's, again, there's no real laws to protect your rights in case anything goes wrong. Yeah, I would say, you know, be careful because uh, unfortunately anything can go wrong and, you know, it's... If anything goes wrong, there is no way to to get your right back or to protect yourself. You yeah you you really have to be really careful um, and do your do due diligence of researching. Read the human rights reports from. Um, there's so many human rights reports out there that are addressing even invest investing uh, in any businesses in Saudi Arabia. There's uh, you know a lot of consequences to that because there isn't real justice system. There isn't real or independent and justice is to to protect you and protect your rights in case anything goes wrong.
0: Yeah, you make a very good point. Due diligence, uh, look before you leap, is another way to put it. Just finally, Arish, you, your brother and and your family, all your family have paid a a terrible price. And there are so many others, as you said, in the same situation. What is the way forward then for Abdul rahman for all the innocent people, And the second question, how do you, you know, keep fighting? It must be so difficult.
1: Yeah, so the way, the only way we have currently is just to speak, uh, keep speaking up against these abuses, keep uh, their names out there, say their names in every possible occasion whether on social media, in the media, you like uh, in the news, keep their names out there. Whenever there's mention of Saudi Arabia, ask th- about those um, human rights activists and ask what they're, why they're still in prison and ask for their release. Uh, one way is to use hashtags to call their names. For example, Free Sadhan, Free Salma. mothers. several uh, hashtags uh, specific to these activists. So a uh, simple way, just whenever you see any mention of Saudi Arabia whether it's advertising for tourism or advertising to invest in the country do respond with question about the human rights abuses and mention activist names and just keep the pressure about like keep mentioning the human rights situation to keep the pressure on the human rights situation that is deteriorating in the in the kingdom and also another way is to hold um you know to ask our leaders like ask our leaders in the in the uh, democratic countries in the in the west to hold the saudi government accountable for its abuses to uh, um, to ask about these activists by name and just to continue the pressure just to continue speaking up the only thing we have right now is our voices they the Saudi government have an endless amount of money to you know advertise and to whitewash and sport wash and try every possible way to to whitewash their image but all we have is our voices to speak up the truth and you know expose the the real situation the real Horrendous and unacceptable human rights situation that is going on out there. But yeah, just to keep our voices out there and keep speaking about these these activists and asking about them every day. And this, you ask, how we can continue? How we can keep you know keep the fight and continue um, you know as a family and as relatives of of uh, of our loved ones of these activists who are suffering is by actually just. You know, speaking to people like you and, you know, seeing all the support from other people is what really keeps us going. You know, seeing that our voice can 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 reach the people and just basically keeping these cases alive and speaking about them publicly and seeing all the support, you know, that there's still goodness in this world, the people who condemn these abuses is really what help us, you know, stay strong and, and you know, stay resilient in this very very horrible situation.
0: It is a horrible situation as you say and uh, you are staying strong in your family and, and everyone else who is fighting in the cause of human rights because after all human rights is an essential part of our liberal democracies. So yes, yes. we should be expecting our politicians to speak up and speak up loudly. It's not happening yet but as you say, as you say, the more people who speak on social media, use the hashtags, name the people who have been imprisoned, put the pressure on, keep the pressure on, then perhaps we can hope the message gets through. Arish,
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely keep the keep the pressure and keep uh, their cases out there. Keep you know mentioning their names, say their names in every possible um, occasion.
0: Arish, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, Bill.
0: You've been listening to the Arab Digest podcast. My guest today was Arish al-Sadhan. Arish is a fighter for human rights and a tireless campaigner on behalf of her brother, Abdurrahman, unjustly jailed in Saudi Arabia. As Arish just said, all we have is our voices. And if you want to raise your voice, hashtag Free Sadhan, that's... Capital F R W E capital S A D H A N hashtag free satan is one way you can do that. Since we launched our podcast three years ago, it's been listened to more than 130,000 times in countries right around the world. So a big thanks to all our listeners. And if you're a first-timer, check out our podcast library on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, or Amazon. I hope you're enjoying the podcasts which we bring you with no advertising and no sponsors. We are a truly independent source for analysis and commentary on the Middle East and North Africa. You can support our independent voice through a donation. Details on how to do so at arabdigest.org. When you go to our website, you can also find out about our daily newsletter and how to get a free trial. The newsletter features the very best of MENA analysts and commentators, contributors like Garij. Check us out on arabdigest.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I'm William Law, editor of the Arab Digest. Essential reading, essential listening, from independent sources.